Yeah. I mean, once you get the third mic on there, that'll, yeah. that'll help that, out that problem. Mostly away, unless we have like a group thing. And then I'll just turn our levels up more because I, I think I was sort of cookie babying it because I was clipping out so hard with the other yeah. recording method. Dude, great advice in this book. I All was right. just reading it earlier. Uh, Raining <laughs> the Art of Performance in Horses. By uh, by Bob Loomis, and as Eric Thomas Bob says, Loomis. "Well, fuck me." <laughs> such, uh, he said it was kind of a pretentious title, which is it's funny. very well. It's true. It is. It is very true. It um, is a pretentious title. He made a really good point. He says uh, a good way to sort of test your horse, like diag- diagnostically, yeah. is to uh, ride a circle. And see if you can have slack in your reins, your hand right over the horse's mane, like right in the middle of him. Yeah. And have him do a circle without bobbing in or leaning on one rein or anything oh, yeah. like that. Well, that's ideal. Because that, well, so if you try and ride like that and yeah. then you see what goes wrong, that's the indicator of what to fix. Well, yeah. When you put a horse on a circle like that, you're going to open up the possibility for, uh, mistakes well yeah exactly you're putting the responsibility on the horse right and then it's sort of uh you can't make a horse do something but you can sure make him wish he had oh yeah absolutely (laughs) i i I mean i'm sure that's kind of the essence of training i'm sure we've talked about uh the whole conversation of the the horse wants to do this lesson yeah that's one day yeah well, most of the time, the horse does want to do it. Sure, yeah, well, yeah. Especially if you find his sport. Or well, yeah, his but when you're teaching it, it, it comes out a little more sarcastic because you're trying to get a horse to do something and be like, no, he wants to do this. Well, yeah, exactly. Sometimes. Or she wants to do this. Sometimes. Are you, it's or usually you... if he wants to do this. Yeah. With a mare, it's like, yeah, she's going to do it. She's not going to be happy about it, but she'll do it. Yeah, she, well, she could put up a little. I've had some mares put up some fights sometimes. And I've never had a mare blow up on me to a point where it wasn't over, like, the, the little stuff. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, because I feel like... Over the little stuff. I mean, okay. we're both tall guys. Like, yeah, you see it with Abby. Yeah, if oh, you, yeah. If you were 5'10", <laughs> 130 pounds. 5'8", maybe. Five eight, yeah, yeah, sure. And uh, then you went to go ride Abby. Yeah, it would be a much different ride. It would be a different experience. That's right. true. Because she feel, I feel like, not even that she's small, but more so the fact that since she's a mare, yeah, she's way more conscious of contact. I think. Yeah, she's very sensitive. I think with the uh, with studs or geldings. Um, it, it, you're guiding them. There's a, there's a, it's a different kind of respect between mares. I, yeah. See, you, you can put it all on the mare and be like, all right, you got this. Exactly. Yeah. And they'll be like, yeah, okay, I do. Oh, yeah. Uh, I can, yeah, sometimes a gelding will need a reminder, but true. I mean, or, and definitely a stud, you know, he's going to have those days where he's just like, ah, no. Right. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm going to do it my way. And you're going to have to set the record straight. But, that's just riding, you know. Well, yeah. Um, that's that's the responsibility you take for keeping a horse a stud. <laughs> well, and yeah, riding it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you're not, you know, it, 
uh, like Buck Braneman said, you know, you'd either have to be a SEAL team member yeah. <laughs> uh, to have a whole bunch of studs. Or you have to have good handling practices, you know. And so, and he he said SEAL team member because most of the people he works with aren't necessarily the ranchy sort. No, no, not at all. You know, they're not the people that are just gonna go for it, right? I got which, which is I'm I'm okay with that too, especially yeah. if I'm teaching somebody. I'd rather if they just wait and ask, or you know, or give it a try, see if it works, and if it doesn't, take an educated guess. Out. Yeah. And then I, I'll, I'm, I'm glad to help it out. That, they, yeah. That's one of those things where I, I want them to try it before. That would be nice. Me. That would be nice. But if they're going to try something ridiculous, then I, I'd rather they ask. Me well, first. yeah, absolutely. But both you and I know that those ridiculous moments when you try something when you yeah. were younger. Yeah. Extremely beneficial to you now. Very true. Right. Very true. Yeah, well, I mean, kids are fun to teach, too, because they're so malleable. For the most part. Wait, See, I come from the side of the industry where a lot of the kids that are in it, they stay in it till, like, the end of high school, maybe going to college with it. Yeah. And they're just in it. It's kind of like... They uh, just do it. Like the popular girls that do sports in high school. Oh, They don't yeah. got shit to do. Yeah. So they play field hockey. Yeah, no, I can see that. And they're all on the same team. Yeah. And so with those kids, it's a lot more technician-based. Like, you're you're just trying to make mm. a good rider. Yeah. It's not somebody that has that outward-thinking personality while you're riding. Yeah. To... The artist. Right. They don't have the artist in them. Mm-hmm. It, or at least... It, the horse is not their muse. No, 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 no. No. Um, I mean, even more so with them, the horses are. I mean, well, this should be a little bit true. Their horses are, are machines to them. Yeah, it, it's it's a car. It's not a yeah breathing, thinking beast. Yeah, exactly. And I see that, which is unfortunate to see sometimes. But yeah, they they become good riders and. They ha- always have that with them, which is and well, and they they have the ribbons to brag about. Well, yeah, ribbons suck. <laughs> you yes, know that it's I, bad. I'd much rather have a belt buckle. When there's things like websites out there to tell you what you could possibly do with all those ribbons you have packed away, you can weave them into a carpet. That's about it. <laughs> Hang them on a wall. Make a shadow box. <laughs> Some other way to show them off. Right. I had, I got to so many ribbons at one point that I decided to go to, well, on the East Coast, it's Michael's, Michael's Arts and Crafts. Okay. Like a, uh, yeah, dude, we had Michael's. Oh, there you go. Um, Got some, like, stuff to hang uh, across and, like, lines. Heck yeah. And then hung... Uh, all my champion and reserve champion ribbons. Uh-huh. But since that was my barn, they were all ribbons from my barn. Because oh. it would be for the schooling shows. Yeah, okay. Because you're there literally you're... every weekend Right, of the exactly. Winter. You're just practicing, going for it. But you get them anyway. Exactly. And it's kind of fun. Well, yeah. Bolsters your, your wall. Well, the awesome thing. What was the best 
thing that you got as accompaniment to a first prize. I guess that would be a buckle for you. I I don't have a buckle yet. I no. Okay, so what would be the best thing to get from winning, uh, but just like a schooling level? Oh, okay, in a schooling level? Like, like things that you've seen given out. Th- um, a horseshoe spray painted gold. Really? That was... <laughs> um, a cow turd spray painted gold. What? Yeah, that was, you know, one of the prizes. Uh, but... I, I like the cool prizes are like bits, yeah, trophies, uh, buckles, obviously. But I don't think you get so many of those at school shows. I don't know um, why you don't see the conchos sometimes. Oh, I loved when we got uh, halters. Halters. That's, That's a something... great gift. Yeah, I I wish we got more halters in Western. You That's can always have convenient. a halter somewhere. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You always have to have like. Multiple, just in case. Right, one in the car. Yep. Like, I have one in my truck. I don't have a horse here, but I have one in my truck. (laughs) Exactly. One in the trailer, you know, one at the barn. That did actually come in handy one time. Really? uh, It was at my old barn, uh, Hunter Farms. And I think it was a a day that I was not sure. Oh, right. It was a Friday. Yeah. And I was just showing the weekend. I was showing the derbies. And I came in one day after school, and the show's still going on. There was this big, giant driveway that ran up the back line of the property behind everything else. Everything was street side. Yeah. And so you'd turn in at the bottom of the barn, and there'd be the Grand Prix field that went all the way up street side, and then a bunch of paddocks and a big, um, basically round pen, but made of wood. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> with a sliding door and everything. Oh, I like those. Yeah. I like those. Uh, but it's this big uh, gravel driveway all the way around the back. And I pull in. And all of a sudden, as I'm pulling in, I see a horse just running down from the barn with the saddle on, stirrup irons <laughs> flying all around. Oh, no. I'm like, oh, no. Because <laughs> I work there. Uh-huh. And so I... Uh, Immediately floored it to the corner where it turns up the backside of the property, parked it along the side, grabbed that halter, <laughs> yeah. and got it on there because I wasn't trusting that bridle. No. No. How, how many bridles do you think, or head saws, have you seen break in your lifetime? Mm. Like, even if it was just, a, if it was a rain. Like, <clears throat> I guess in. I, an honest assessment is probably upwards of 70, 80. Really? 90. Something oh, yeah, you were working at Sylvandale. I'm sure yeah. that happened there all the time. Oh, yeah, you'd always have to be fixing crap. Yeah, I'm probably like 20, 30. No. Yeah. Well, and before that, I'm just a bunch of yahoos riding horses, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I but, really should have a... Uh... Hmm? Like that that should be like an everyday carry when you're at least if you're doing uh, the show circuit. Is a have it? No, have a well, yeah, absolutely. But have a um, like a leather patch kit or like thing like leather screws, mm. just with those like um, those T bar kind of things that you can just screw in and usually for like um, the bottom of the cheek piece where it goes into oh, the bit yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. 
the uh, the Chicago screws and all mm-hmm. that. I hate those things. Why? Chicago screws. They oh yeah, they're bitch to get in. Well, and they always come undone. They're just <clears throat> you know. And then if you do put Loctite in, you can't switch out for a new bit ever. Yeah. Or it's hard. You don't want to put your bridle in the oven. True. I wouldn't do that for like an everyday use bridle. Well, like a show bridle, maybe, I guess. Mm-hmm. Even with the show bridle, you want to have the ability to, to switch out. Yeah. Because we had we had one horse. Uh, she was a uh, off-track thoroughbred. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, it was a great little filly. Really? Um her name is Diamond, and she had a uh, an angel bite. Nice, yeah. All the kids loved her. She was like the Barbie horse because sure. bay with the perfect diamond um, star on her forehead. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty dark bay. Uh huh. Just a My Little Pony. Exactly. Except she was like sixteen two. Oh, so Barbie horse. You're right. Yeah. Um. And she had probably four or five different bits that she'd just rotate through through the season. Really? Right, because she would always bear onto that bit. She'd like just accept the bit so quickly and oh, then yeah. get through it. Yeah. You just had to keep it fresh. Like, this was the horse that I learned how to uh, ride a hot horse on. Like, that was the hot mm, horse that mm-hmm. I started with. Yeah. It's uh, uh the bits recharging. Right. Yeah, one of them was a fucking... Uh, D-ring double-twisted copper wire. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, probably slobbering a bunch. That was the show bit. <laughs> yeah. That that probably looked way cool. It, it, oh, it looked awesome. <laughs> but when you are standing at the in-gate of the ring during a flat class when this oh, little yeah. kid is on her and, they go, and they're trying to come back from the canter. <laughs> Put some contact sudden, on. Well, no, all the contact is on, oh, and yeah. the horse is just grabbing the bit and going, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> Yep. Tongue waggling. Right. She she would just dragon oh, face. Oh, yeah. Just wanting to go. Yeah, she'd have to be yeah. warmed up for literally like three hours before you'd put any kids on her for a show. Yeah. Well... That's the thing. Sometimes you gotta have a ho- you gotta warm a horse up. Sometimes you gotta cool them down. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. There are those horses that, like Abby, before Chance was smart, he got on her and felt her, and uh, before he went into that cow ring, he's just like, I just want to cool her down a little. I don't want to warm her up at all. So he did a couple of, you know, rollbacks off the forty five and right. got that the hind end working right, and then he goes, all right, that's all I needed. You know, he didn't lope her out, didn't you know raise her. Razor veins right now. Right. But, um, so I was brainstorming some things that we can sort of sh- lightning round shoot from the hip. Okay. Well, not lightning round, but shoot from the hip on. All right. Um, so one of the things I noticed, because uh, I've been observing a lot of people writing recently, is right. um, you... There, so something a lot of people forget about is the giving, a and the taking aid. Okay, Go like on. so. For instance, when you want to turn to the left, if yeah. you're just bending the horse's nose around, you give with the right hand and you take with the left hand. True. Okay. Or when you want to side pass, you can uh, take 
with that outside leg, whichever leg you're pushing over with, and right. you give with that other leg. You know, you don't set up a wall on that side. Right. A lot of I've seen a lot of conflicting aids. You know, or a lot of people like kicking and sort of like yanking back a little at the same time um, by accident. The thing that I see with that that ruins people's riding. Yeah. Is less so that it's those two sides, the the giving and the taking. Uh huh. It's that that uh that taking side, all of a sudden they try and do it directly to the take and indirect for the give and try and do it in all one motion. Yeah. Like I'm basically thinking of, of the turning thing. Like if you're trying to create an inside bend with your horse. Yeah. Um, all of a sudden that inside hand comes all the way across over the neck and your right hand is there. Yeah. yeah so it almost absolutely. gives you that, that false feeling that you're doing something with that right hand when you're really not. Yeah, exactly. And you're not opening that door. Yeah. So I don't know. I like, I like to think of it less of a point that like giving and taking from one side it's there should be two areas that your body is in mm. mm-hmm. that you just need to be in those areas for it to be correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's true. Um, Cause even if you're not actually giving and taking, as long as you're in those right areas, you can fudge it a little bit. Absolutely. See, see, I think the advantage though, is then that sets up more than just one or two aids for a maneuver, you know, you can set up a battery of like four or five. Yeah. That that way, if you really, you know, want to get something working or just something's a little off, you can correct any hair on that horse's body. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of the cool part about it is when you get that horse supple, it then they can become straight and you don't have these. You can ride that circle with uh, the horse in between the bridle reins, as they say. Very true. But... You know my favorite thing that I learned about yeah knowing when you have a supple warmed up horse mm. it was something that I learned uh from Andrew Andrew Philbrick is when you finish your warm up mm-hmm. your exercise walk him out for a bit just take him to the bite just all the way around the ring just big Sweeping circles, maybe cut across the ring uh, once or twice with just using your legs and no reins. Mm-hmm. And then probably about four or five minutes, you pick it up to like three-quarter length. Or I guess that would be quarter length. Mm-hmm. So it's long. Mm-hmm. Take them to the trot and just lower your hands and see where their head goes. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not getting any sort of natural re- relaxation when you've gone from full reins to that quarter mm-hmm. in the trot, mm-hmm. then you're not really warmed up. You don't have that, that supple. Yeah. They're, that, not only is their body not ready. goes all the way up and down. Yeah, not only is their body, the, the transverse is something. Yeah, something. Or the latissimus dorsi? Is that what it is? Yeah. Is that how I, yeah. I think you're right. You're right. Or more, more right. Mm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Okay, um, it not only is their body not warmed up, their mind is not warmed up either, oh, which true. is a really important thing to remember, you know. A lot of people try and go and work the body and forget about the mind. We were talking about natural horsemanship before. Mm. 
that's one thing that I do think that they have absolutely right mm-hmm. is making that um that tension equates to stress. Yeah. And so that you can almost by creating less stress from your end that it takes all the tension out from their end. Mm-hmm. So like as you said, if their mind isn't there, that's because that they're they have this stress because they're not completely like there's still tension. Yeah. And so like say you have a crick in your neck all day. Mm-hmm. You're, yeah. You ha- you haven't warmed up your body yet because that should naturally warm out. Right, yeah. You should be moving out and stretching out. Right. And so if you still feel that, you're going to be thinking about it and you're not going to be performing to your best. That's true. You're going to have a, you're, you're going to have woken up on the wrong side of the bed most likely, <laughs> <laughs> as, as the saying goes. Um, yeah, I think your horse, uh, Dime, consistently has just a crick in his neck. Yeah. Or I, a stick up his ass, either one. Probably a combination <laughs> of the two. I, the stick is causing the crick. Mm. Probably. Uh, of course. Uh, the other thing. Yeah. Uh, we joke about heels down, but seriously. Absolutely. Heels down. Uh, and use the, like, when you ask, before you go straight to the spur, use your boot top. Right. Because that, you know, you want to give the final you want to give your final product cue first and then ask bigger mm-hmm. you know that's how you get them to eventually take the responsibility otherwise it gets unpleasant how does that go to their feet for heels down <laughs> oh he, uh uh heels to hell and tits to jesus ah yes <laughs> yeah oh the the days i know days. right it's been a while since you heard that one oh yeah <laughs> oh man that's that that was one of my favorite things about uh having having a male instructor yes is y- that you it, got a little guy talking exactly that is little, nice hey buddy it, it's all pomp and circumstance but we're guys still relax <laughs> exactly I yeah mean, he, he was always such a proponent of uh heels down with our kids yes like our our main trainers would take care of all the everyday lessons and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But then, I mean, there was a there was a little bit of uh, money hounding there. But he would come to the ring and watch like their flat class for like the short stirrup class, mm-hmm. aka look pretty and hop around. Yeah, and he'd come down and he'd he'd be talking about them. Uh, talking to them before they went into the ring and he wouldn't dumb it down at all like even if even though they were little kids yeah he would just come at them straight and be like heels down chest up look around your corners go in the ring (laughs) and that that was it that's all you need if you're thinking about that the entire time your body doesn't have the chance to make any other mistakes that's true that's true because yeah it's covering all of your bases you just put yourself in the right spot, and you'll do the right thing. Right, because your chest up orients your seat yeah. and where your uh, balance is. Yeah. Your heels, even more balance. It lowers your center of gravity. Right, and then looking around your corners, you're naturally going to move your hands with your head. Cause if you haven't driven a car for a while. Well, yeah. Well, little kids. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Um. Uh, and they'll just go along with that, and that creates the balance on a curve. Yeah. 
It's true. It's true. And your body just sort of starts to naturally do what it's supposed to. Right. And the only thing they're missing is a little bit of strength and consistency in their aids. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah, exactly. It's no. just that easy, folks. It's like golf. <laughs> just hit it down the middle. Yeah, it's that idea of biomechanics, you know? Mm. If you turn your thumbs towards each other, you're going to hunch your shoulders and you're going to ride a little more forward and you're going to bounce. Absolutely. If you turn your thumbs up, it straightens your shoulders up. You sit with better posture and uh, and you get better aids. You get weight on your seat bones. Right. Amazing stuff. Little tricks. Yeah. <laughs> that almost that reminds me of uh when I used to teach on how to how to really sit the canner. Uh-huh. Because most of these kids they'd have the sitting trot and they most of them would have ponies, so it would be bumpy regardless. Right. Like it's just tough to not bounce on a fucking pony. <laughs> um but that conscious movement of your hips. Yeah. That it has to follow that wave that you're not on the horse you're following and staying like a good distance from the horse it's not plant your back end into their back and make sure that there's contact the entire time and make it smooth like that yeah yeah it well because a lot of people forget that you know even though it's he and we mean it heels down but heels down you know, and your shoulders are back, and you sit like this, and you sit as if you were would stand uh, if the horse were whisked away by a magician or something. Yeah. You know, uh, it's still a dynamic thing. You know, you're not a statue there. You're moving in concert with the with the horse. Sometimes, if you're on a slack rein, or if they're not supple yet, if they're still stiff and not warm. You know, you need to move your hands a little more with them, and you need to give them a little bit more, and you just get mm-hmm. them to move, you know. And then other times, if they are warm or if they're just being belligerent, you need to take a little bit more away, you know, and you need to be able to move your body quickly and stay balanced even if it's not in classically the correct position. Right. You know, you need to be able to... uh Duck, duck underneath a tree, you know, or something like that, you know, do a limbo. <laughs> You know what would be really cool? If you could somehow make a product where it was like a a slip-in band for either, well, for britches. Okay. That went from probably like mid-shin to three-quarter thigh. Uh-huh. And, I mean, the way that I first thought of it, just redneck way, is just a thick-ass garden hose that you just lay over top of your knee along your leg. Okay. But that would, like, people that chair seat or just don't really work when they're on the horse. Yeah. I can think of a few people. <laughs> you put that band in there, and it will naturally uh, lengthen your leg, huh. which would set yeah. your heel back huh. Huh. and make you have to balance over top of your body more. They, so they're just used to fighting that little bit of resistance? Yeah. Well, even... Just using that resistance as like a, a wall positioning tool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, instead of it, having it a knee block, work. you it just could use work that. for a while. Or, and it could work for people who aren't super serious into it, you know. But like, I think uh, if you wanted to get to the top, I, I think that the straightening the leg, it, the, your your body would then learn to compensate, and you'd put you in the opposite direction if you didn't have those anymore. 
Well, it's almost like those riding vests that are for posture. What are those? You've never seen those? No. They're kind of like the uh, the crash vests that some people see, but they have like oh, they're oh. really contoured, and so they oh. basically put you in the correct posture. Okay. And so kinda, you can't really roll your shoulders at all. Kind of like the old um, British, like the old style British uh, coats. Oh yeah, yeah, where the, they're yeah super tight through the shoulder to almost had whale bone. You can't in it. raise your arm above here because then you it, uh, it meant you couldn't surrender. Well, yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, except for I'd just take my coat off, be like, "Don't kill me." I'd rip the shit out of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you really think that... Just they... go get a Duluth trading company extra st- sewed underneath the arm so that it's easier to surrender. A fire hose patch in your armpit. <laughs> that would get hot. And beware of beavers who fall out of trees. Duluth trading company. <laughs> Copyrights and license 2008. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I-, I made up 2008. But but we thought it was funny, so we just did it for you, people. You're welcome. Um, Buy those pants; they're actually pretty cool. Oh, they have them. The firehose pants. The oh oh yes, do go buy those pants. Mm-hmm. They're awesome. I want some. Um, I I meant I I meant the proverbial or the uh, theoretical bridges that you were. Oh sorry. yeah, those. I mean, you could make that pretty easy. You could. That's they true. Could just do. Just put some like bamboo strips in there. That would work. Even if it was like a, um, I mean, there wouldn't be as much give, but you get one of those uh, sweat scrapers uh-huh. that are uh, like the aluminum one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the ones that are just the sticks. Gotcha. And you could just bend that into whatever. Whatever shape you wanted. Right, and sew it in. That way, any sort of movement that you do do huh? Lol. would have a little bit more resistance and would lock into a place when you stopped applying a change. Oh. I like your idea. Well, thank you. I like it. Copyright. <laughs> Four points. Don't take my idea. Don't take it. Don't Fuck steal off. it, people. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I shouldn't speak that way. But seriously. Who do you fucking think that you are that you're going to take my idea? <laughs> Actually, that sounded really good. You can get back up there if you want it. Or I can really get right up here. Yeah, actually, you really can. Um, I think I just maxed out the levels there a little bit, but whatever. So I can just be real up close. And yeah. Talk to you across the way. Yeah, actually, if you uh, uh, turn the microphone so it's sort of facing me that and talk into it a little more, Excuse it me. gets a little yeah. sharper. There you go. Good. It's a little sharper. Yeah, because I did some stuff with the levels and. When you turn away like this, you really hear a difference in the sound. Oh, really? It, yeah. So if I talk like this versus talking like this? Yeah, basically, it, uh, if you turn your head away from the mic stand, that would, okay. be, that would be your cough direction. So uh, Okay. So no cough over the left shoulder. Y- you can cough over the left, too, actually, but just away from the sock. I'll just hold it in. I'll just die. <laughs> You'll just like, die. I'll explode. Die of that'd be a good way to end the podcast. I me explode. You exploding? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that would be cool. I uh wish they made longer rainbow rains. All they have up in is like 48 inches. 
All right, let's talk about the Rainbow Rings. Yeah, because I've been looking at them, and they were very helpful for people I know. I don't like Rainbow Rings. Yeah. I think that they do more bad than good. Because I think that it adds a whole other like line of thinking that the writer has to do with the colors. Ooh. I think that if if the person need if it's somebody that needs rainbow rains, yeah. They need to fix a hell of a lot more problems before that, before they they can get well, to that. Yeah, no, I understand. Just but tire rains. Put a big old <sighs> knot in them. But no, see, Kate. And but, hold below the knot. Kate. If you want to tie it really low and have your hand all the way up to the knot, I don't care. Just don't rotate your hands with your thumbs all the way down. Keep them a little up. <laughs> well, uh, but, yeah, you can but. Sa- you can say, all right, now grab the blue because we're relaxing. And, you know, put your reins all the way. Now grab, pick up the red. Okay, that's your contact zone. Now go to the knot, to the button before the next color. It is a good training tool. I, I, I will you give know. you that. Because uh, the con- make- the concept of slacking the reins versus taking them up is sometimes kind of uh, effervescent to people. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of thing where you go, okay, do you feel this? No? Well, put your hands in the same spot that they were at and look a little over to the side, look at the horse's neck. Yeah, that. well, sure. I mean, I guess, I guess if we wanted to train a competitor... We wouldn't use rainbow reins. No. If I was, no, I, I wouldn't. I, I still say that I wouldn't use rainbow reins. Yeah. Well, I think the knot is just one position, though. You know. It is. It's true. But then, if and, you really, unless if you, you made like several knots, go to the really, second knot. Really wanted to do that, I would say you're not gonna really harm the reins that you have. As long as you don't have, as long as you have leather reins and don't have, yeah, or cotton, like ropey. Well, for what I'm saying, um, oh, yeah, not yeah. for a tie. Just take electrical tape and yeah, make oh, your yeah. own zones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a good idea. That's another thing. Why why pay? I, that's the. Th- I think that's for the problem. I can't understand why somebody would pay for rainbow reins. That's true. Well, they're cheap as shit. No, I'm sure that they are. I'm sure they're like thirty bucks. <laughs> Uh, 24. I was close. <laughs> my, my idea of the market is so-so. Well, that'll change. Yeah. When, once, uh... Once I start trying to sell my patented four, bendy pants. And the, and the Four Points, uh, tax shop opens. Oh, yeah. Four Points tax shop. Uh, coming soon... To the interwebs first. To the interwebs first. <laughs> coming 2018. Six, fifteen and a half to sixteen. I'm gonna say spring 2018, and then we'll be better. Be than better that. than that. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. We'll get it. I need to get a lathe to make our canes. Talk to your brother. He does have a lathe. He does have a lathe. No, but that's a metal lathe. Well, wait. Then what would you use it for? What would you? Why would you have a wood lathe? For canes. Why? So that you can undo the top. Yeah. And you've bored a hole through the center, and there's your dressage whip. No, I do like that idea. And then there's the loop on the bottom half that you just 
tip on your horn or put in the put right on the the fence post or you just get and you've got a great balanced handle or you just get and it's two by twos of birch and just fucking sand it down instead of lathing it well uh, because you want to make it tubular and then you want to bore the center well yeah you you even on a lathe you wouldn't be able to bore out the center all well, the way yeah. the length that you're talking about yeah it would have to be something specialized yeah like you might actually you probably have to cut it uh, open and then join it yeah miter it yeah. like miter out that center yeah that wouldn't be bad though that would be really cool yeah and then what well, I, I mean if you leather bound it at the top and then leather bound it at the bottom that wouldn't be a too bad a thing oh yeah and and you definitely you just join it so you'd cut like a jigsaw uh down the sides true. and then to uh, epoxy it together that's true so that it would never come apart yeah and then leather wraps to make it look native american and also beadwork yeah maybe some so ivory cells ivory inlays on the top That'd be awesome. That, that would be like so- make it like a nice pool cue, but a dressage one. So you're not gonna sell to any women. Uh, women no women, women will buy that. Women can play pool. Excuse me, sir. Don't Rarely. be so sexist. When's... Women are perfectly capable of playing pool. All right, jackass. Last, last time you, sexist you were pig. at a place with a pool table. <laughs> when is the last time that you saw a dude that pulled out his own pool cue? Um. It was like a year ago in Modesto, California. All right. When's the last time you were at a place with a pool table and you saw a girl take out her own pool cue? In the dorms, I think there was some lesbian chick. (laughs) You're breaking the hypothesis by answering. Well... I think it's actually strengthening your hypothesis. What, because it's the equine <laughs> industry? Well, <laughs> well uh, no. I mean, okay, so we make the pool cue ones for anybody who appreciates good things. And then we'll make um, the... Uh, I wonder if there's a way we could make them collapsible for old people. A collapsible See- dressage whip cane. <laughs> That would actually be pretty tight if you uh, did it somehow where you could um, attach it to the outside of your boot. Oh, kind of like a boot knife but yeah. for your cane? Yeah. And you can literally just pull it out and then go. That would be cool. And it like it would fold look it over. really tight while you were riding too. Yeah, you'd look like the RoboCop of equestrians. This is true. You would look like you'd have a metal leg. <laughs> Poor little Tink Tink. Rin Tin Tin? Uh, oh. I, I was reading something that was stupid. To, oh, <laughs> PETA. reading something stupid. Well, okay. And... PETA uh, okay. did a inside investigation on some big name trainers in the racing industry. Really? Yeah. Well, they got two people hired there and they were undercover. Like, really? And videotaping and shit. So, um, and they were finding like, well, obviously it's the race high up racing industry. Right. You're going to find some 
doesn't even have to be high up. It's, it's, you're, it's the race. The ra- you're going to find some immoral practices. So Absolutely. it's just it, it, see what pisses me off is that they're blowing this huge story, and they're now PETA is making ra- horse racing one of their primary obligation or one of their primary things. Yeah. On the which is annoying to me because I knew it was only a matter of time before uh, horsemanship came under fire by, by these people who are so divorced from anything in nature that they just like they shit their pants when they see clouds they they, seriously they think they're you're they're ufos they see like that's not normally in the sky that's the fucking moon you asshole get away from ambient light once in a while you know and so they're so divorced from it that they don't understand that that's a big animal that can hurt you sometimes you have to set the line and that's not the same as abuse right you know, a military dog trainer uh, said the difference between abuse and punishment uh, is that punishment is escapable. Yeah. It's true. I'm, you know, I don't go so medieval uh, right. most of the time, but if it calls for it, you better be able to go to war or walk away completely. Very true. What is, that's a good question. If you If you want to... Answer this question in the comments. We'll get back to you. Yeah. But let us know. What is... And tweet us at shotgun underscore shotgun writer underscore. Every time, Joe. Dude, well, <laughs> it's just easier. You told me put an underline, and then he forgets the underline. E- well, okay. <laughs> All right. What is the most blatant use, uh, blatant show of abuse you've seen in public with a horse? Oh, like in public, public, uh, or like with people, public where there were people around. Okay, like people you don't know around. Um, well, also people that you know around. I saw one time. Though I think the worst thing I ever saw was one time a lady had this horse with a spade bit in, yeah. and she just didn't have the hands for it. And then the horse was doing fine, trying for, her, but just wasn't doing something exactly as she wanted. So she started jerking on the reins, and that's just something you never do. Yeah, with that bit. Oh yeah, those it's dangerous. It never comes taut. Like if you put your hand around the spade, and then just pull, like play with the weight in the reins, you feel that change. It puts pressure on your finger on your hand, regardless of whether that's taut. Right. So I just, and that was out on a ranch. You know, that wasn't somewhere too public. Um, but public, public, I mean, just most of the usual stuff, you know, you see a lot of the like overly aggressive seesawing and the jerking heads down and the, you know, just like putting horses in positions that they obviously, there's no right way out of right type thing. I think that I think temper. Yeah, exactly. I think that's most. Of the stuff that you see out in public. I think most people check themselves in public, you know, uh, especially the people that are a little rougher. Unless they're French. (laughs) And if they're German, God forbid you bring it up to them. They are correct in what they're doing. What the fuck are you talking about? I know. I know. It's hilarious. (laughs) This is the correct way. It's like, well. The one I saw. Where's the artist? Was in the warm-up ring for Grand Prix. Yes. Old French dude has a cane and everything. Uh-huh. Has uh, sunglasses on, just kind of really hunched over. Uh-huh. 
has his cane in one hand and a Gatorade bottle in the other. Yeah. This girl is coming up to like probably a four foot oxer ramped. Uh huh. And goes to go over it. She gets so fucking deep, it lands on the back pole. Oh. Didn't crack it, luckily. Uh huh. And she rode away. But he just started going off on her in French. I couldn't understand a lick of it. Right. So then they do, uh, they take the back um, standards out and just make it a four foot vertical. Jumps it fine, but really kind of crow hops it because it's scared. And so then they put the back standards back in and make it a four three ramp. And as the horse is going up to it, Real, uh, she realizes that she's a little bit uh, deep again. Still goes for it. The trainer, the French guy, sees this happening, and as I see the horse plant, he drops his cane, switches the Gatorade bottle to the other hand, rears back, and just hucks it right at the horse's stomach, <laughs> right where it's supposed to be, going over it. Uh-huh. Hits it dead square in the stomach. Uh-huh. And it just kind of like, whoo, like it, the center just sucked straight up. Just cat jumped? Yeah, it literally went a foot higher. Oh, God. And landed in a heap on the other side, and she fell off. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. A.K.A. polling. That's what it's called. Polling? Mm-hmm. Or wrapping poles? Yeah, same thing. Okay. Ish. S- s- similar. Yeah. Something people don't normally do anymore. Right. Not shoving the pole into the horse's stomach as it's going over top. Oh, I didn't. I never saw that one. Oh yeah, that's crazy. That uh, that one's dangerous. I've seen that's like yeah Pennsylvania redneck show jumpers. Sure, sure, sure. Where they just have no respect at all. Like they'll do that at a horse show too. Get yeah, yelled I, at and then bitch about it. Really? Yeah. Wow. I I I saw I seen the one where like two one person stands on either side of the jump with lunge whips and crack it yeah. over. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. That one's a little a little more acceptable when people see it. Yeah, I mean I think there are instances where that would be necessary. I wouldn't make it a uh integral part of the program. Oh no 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 like but if the, if it needs you'll... some encouragement that's like a one that's like okay we're going to resort to this right and that's why they have like stewards that shows or just even at places you can publicly ride if you're do like actually riding right because that's where that kind of stuff is going to come out when you're around other people yeah they're going to see it when you're at home you're not really going to be using that it's when you're around other people and you're like. We need to oh, get this. We right. need that extra edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. It all comes down to don't put yourself in a position that you're not going to be uh, have a chance of being successful in. Yeah, you know, okay. it's kind of like uh, the, that. Also, the, doesn't mean the... don't step out of your comfort zone ever. No, 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 not not at all. What it means is. Uh, the old cowboys used to say when they would go showing at the ranch rodeos and stuff, you want to be in the money at home and you mm-hmm. just go to town to get it. Cause, and, and you got to assume that you're going to get like maybe 20% to 30% less out of a horse at a big show because it's just so, they're so, you know, every, it's so much, yeah. so much input. 
um, that that it's just gonna you're they're gonna be a little bit duller, a little bit like what's going on here, until they get pro at it. Well, yeah, that's... but but so you just the make sure make sure scope. Yeah, exactly. Well, just make sure everything is on on point before you get there, and then just go and show what you have. If you try and show more than what you have, you're gonna lose it all. Yeah, you you can't squeeze blood from a stone. There is this rock-looking fish thing <laughs> in, I think, like, Singapore. <laughs> and it's called, like, affectionately known as the Bleeding Rock. Oh, God. Like, you can literally cut it open, and it's, like, organs. That's crazy. And it's red. So, yes, you can squeeze blood from a stone. But I agree with you. <laughs> but I digress. But I digress. Yeah. Well, I think that that was... Uh... We we got covered a lot of good topic, a lot of good info there. No, I think we're. Uh, what do we do? Forty eight minutes. Yeah. I think that's really good for. Uh, uh, what do we want to call this? Because this is just you and me BSing about horse stuff. Yeah. Specific. Do we want to call it like? It's the not really trainers' tips. Rider. <laughs> uh, do we want to say like the um, uh, the writer's review? You know, yeah, something like that. <laughs> the writers, re- something like something. Okay, yeah, it's gonna have a name. Yeah, we'll figure out the name. The the more feedback you give us, hey, if you want to name it, s- send us a name. Yeah, just send us a name for the we'll for what the you want to call these bits. In. Uh, we'll yeah. give it a temporary name, but if you give us anything better, yeah, we'll use that instead. Well, uh, and think... we may even give you credit. Yes, yeah, I think I think we might just say your name on air. Oh, yeah, Maybe. to all the millions of people across the interwebs that listen to this show. And billions. And billions. Because there are more than one billion on this planet. People, that is. Aliens. <laughs> Could it be? Um, all right, so. But I think that I, means that it's time for us to go red. <laughs> all righty, then. Uh, well, good afternoon, Jim. <laughs>